Hello, everyone. It's Alex Ott, founder of Hustlecraft, and I am talking to an old, old, old friend of mine. <laughs> way back when, way back when. From about seven lives ago. Yeah, um, at least. He got to work in hospitality, and now he has the founder of New Frontier Tiny Homes doing incredible things. So please let me introduce you to David Latimer. Hi. Thank you for the kind words. Good to meet y'all. Um, I am excited today to talk to you because I have seen you through the fashion world, the hospitality world, um, and you know, you've evolved so much as we all do as humans and you really found your stride in, in bringing all things creative together through your company, New Frontier Tiny Homes, which I also got to work with you on for a little while, which was so amazing. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. So for people who don't know, why don't you tell them a little bit about what New Frontier Tiny Homes is? Yeah, so uh, I'm not always the greatest at being synced, but I'll do my best here. Um, so I started uh, about five years ago. Um, I uh, What drew me to it, I went through this professional, major professional disappointment where I like, I, it, it kind of reset. I felt like a total failure. Um, I felt like, you know, yeah, just, I, I was unhappy. I didn't, I didn't enjoy the work I was doing. I felt like I had just like kind of died inside for slowly over years. So during that time, a very introspective time, I really did a lot of work on myself and meditated, started meditating and journaling and just reading all these self-help books and uh, really asking myself, like, how do I want to spend my waking hours? You know, so much of our lives are spent working. Um, and how can I do work that not only that I enjoy the process and the actual act of doing, but it's more importantly, really meaningful to me that I believe in and that provides a service to other people. So um, <clears throat> my dad does affordable housing. And during that time, he introduced me to tiny houses and um, I was instantly smitten. I was like, you mean I get to design this thing myself, architecturally, interior, decor, all that, get to build it myself, get to take it wherever I want and live a, you know, a, a, a traveling lifestyle um, to cultivate a life of experience instead of the acquisition of stuff. And then above all, for me, I mean, I studied literature and philosophy, the, the why, it, I can't, I'm terrible at doing anything unless I, I believe in the why. Um, so <clears throat> intentional living, you know, the, the value and power of constraints, in this case, a small space, to really like catalog and evaluate, like, what do I actually need? Like, how do I how do I bring the most important things in my life, my relationships, my experiences to the forefront of my daily living instead of relegating them to weekends and holidays? And so, um, you know, I realized that it's been a lot of my 20s, although I had these cool experiences, lived all over the world, you know, worked in a bunch of different industries. I was really actually, and part of me was kind of running away or hiding from diving into something I really believed in. I was scared of failure, ultimately, yeah. right? So I decided I'm doing this thing. I'm going to dive in no matter what. I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to totally commit to this thing. And um, yeah, it's just a, it, it, a lot of things happen. A lot of things fall into place. Um, I've never given up, although I've wanted to a bunch of times. But um, the very first home I designed uh, originally and built was a feature episode on HGTV that got me a lot of credibility and publicity. I was in Dwell and Architectural Digest and, you know, just dozens of other publications. And so um, 
you know, there's a lot of right place at the right time. But what I've learned is that when you're ready for the opportunities, you have to be ready for the opportunities. There are, they keep coming, but there are some really key opportunities that if you're not ready for it, you won't get something like that again. So I finally was like doing the work and doing everything I needed to be prepared for when they came along. So um, I don't know if that answers your question. I don't think it does. Well, because it, what yeah. I find was how you came into doing it, the purpose behind why you do it, and then sort mm -hmm. of what function it serves currently. And also yeah. the you got from it. So, right, like the looking at the work and the work not just being there for your own fulfillment, but also right. uh, really others were acknowledging the craftsmanship of your work as well. So take us to, you know, the company sort of taking off, obviously getting on HGTV. I saw you did something with... Um, Olivia uh, Wild. Wild and, yeah. and it was a national commercial. So, I mean, those things obviously gave you, and, and as anybody knows, you can get a lot of recognition, but when it comes down to like people knocking on your door, talking to you, putting the down payment and actually purchasing the product are also two different things that's in business, yeah. right? So like the high recognition and tons of followers versus like the, you know, maybe evolution of the brand and business as- totally. you know, being able to have multiple legs and arms and, or maybe you wanted to keep it small and kind of keep it close to home. So uh, yeah. 2020 hit, which is the reason we're doing this interview and understanding sort of not just the shift in business approach, um, but also like what happened to people's spirit and souls and minds and the shifts there, which is really why I selected the four people that I'm interviewing, because I know that each of them, things changed dramatically in their business, but also I know that there was a lot of intentionality in the things that changed within them, therefore their businesses also changed. So um, if you don't mind just kind of telling us like, where were you when everything hit and then mm -hmm. what did 2020 look like for you? Yeah, um, great question. So just a, a quick summary of leading up to 2020, yeah. um, you know, obviously with that HGTV show, uh, having that publicity, just that one project, my very first design, I mean, people pay millions of dollars for the amount of publicity I got for free, yeah. um, just organically. So, I mean, <clears throat> I'm all self-taught, right? And when I, when I do actually, I'm a very all or nothing person. When I do commit to something, I will die doing it. And I just, I'm such a perfectionist to a fault that I'm just, I'm not going to compromise, right? And so that, while that, uh, I think is reflected in, in my designs and in the creativity. Um, I wind up eating a lot of those, <laughs> those painful lessons and a lot of the expense of that. So uh, tiny homes are, are, are a weird thing uh, because people are obsessed with them and they're virally popular, but um, tiny homes on wheels have big obstacles, namely that, um, sorry, get the call, namely that, uh, you cannot, uh, you can't legally park them very many places, certainly not in urban areas because they're on a trailer. Um, and you, uh, there's no customer finance because there's not like a standard regulatory body. Right. On the one hand, that was good for me because I'm all self-taught. I got to be architect, interior designer, you know, decorator. I got to learn all these things. Um, but uh people can't become customers, right? People can't finance these things that are really expensive. I like to say starting a business is hard. Starting a business in which your product is illegal, unfinanceable, and not a narcotic is orders of magnitude more challenging. So 
it was crazy because looking back on it, creatively, I had amazing clients. They saw what I did. They were like, we love what you do. Here's some of the things we need, but you go nuts, uh, which was amazing. And then from a, from a publicity and press standpoint, again, I, I, you know, I, I calculated it all, worked with Disney, with Duncan, with you know, another of other companies, um, Fial Raven, a cool company called Roan and other companies. And I, I realized that I, I got like $25 million roughly in free organic press. Um, my philosophy has been, uh, gosh, um, my philosophy has been like, make it the coolest thing possible. Don't compromise, um, go above and beyond, blow your clients away and the rest will work itself out. Well, uh, it's great as a theory when you're living that, you know, I had all this from the outside. People are like, oh, you're crushing it. It's amazing. You're doing so good. Uh, but I had some tremendous financial instability. I mean, those are crazy roller coasters, you know, plenty of times in that probably about three and a half, four year period where I thought I'd lose my business, where I almost quit, where I almost gave up and where, I, you know, just mad at myself for like a failure, disappointment. And it makes it all the worse. It's one thing when, when people are like, we don't care about your product or we don't like it. But when people are so enthusiastic and, like, and then they see you and they're like, you're killing it. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I don't know where my money is coming from in a, in a month. Um, uh, and that's, that's entrepreneur life, you know, but, but yeah, so. And then you have to put the PR side on and be like, thanks. But on the inside, thanks. I am eating a like, tonight. I'm a failure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but but you know, you learn so much from that from those yeah, experiences. I wouldn't trade it. Blocks. Yeah, wouldn't trade it for anything. Um, but really, so I my business model. I'm getting up to 2020. Uh, my business model. Uh, my uh, goals were to scale a business. Right. I wanted to have like, you know, be a big company and be, you know produce a lot of homes. And uh, I tried that, and it was a total failure. I realized uh, the market isn't there for it because there's no financing, because you can't put them places. It's not a mass market. I mean, there's mass appeal, not a mass market, right? It's and so like, with, I know you have had all of this exposure, but when it comes right. to walking, signing, yeah. and creating, it's a whole different story. Can't pay bills with Instagram likes and followers. Yeah, yeah. Um, so definitely, as you said. Yeah, so uh, that, that failure was extremely painful. Again, I almost lost my business. It's just devastating on a personal level. Um, and I had, a, you know, I decided to start outsourcing production. So I built the, you know, the, the first all or all three and a half years in house. And I realized like, I don't want to spend my time project managing. I want to spend my time designing and doing different things, new things, and being creative and um, working really closely with my clients, a boutique company. And uh, because of that failure with the scaling and because of a big loss with a uh, company. Pivot, not a failure. Right. Well, well, it, yes, it, it wasn't necessarily a pivot. Uh, I guess it was kind of an internal pivot. It wasn't like I did a different product. I pivoted the business model. It yeah. pivoted for me, if you will. Um, <laughs> but unbeknownst to me at the time, and I was for sure like, I, you know, I, I'm, the new frontier is going to end. I'm going to have to figure out what, what's next. Um, and I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. One, it forced me to do a lot of personal work on myself that I wouldn't have done otherwise, which is most important. Um, and two, it changed my business entirely to what I want it to be, which is I'm now spending time 
doing what I love doing, which is designing. I mean, I'm an artist, right? First yeah. and foremost, like I, if I'm not doing creative work, I, I'm unhappy, right? I'm just going to be unhappy and unfulfilled and unchallenged. And so now I spend a lot of my time actually designing and I love people. I love my clients. I love them. I'm so fortunate to be able to work with people and on projects that I, I love the project creatively and I adore these people. So now it's very intimate. It's small, it's low volume, high design. And um, you give us a I would into like what the changes yeah. were just because I know a lot of people struggle who watch this and who follow hustle craft. It's all about the craft of a hustler, um, but also the hustle of a craftsman at the same time. So give us just like a peek into like, because I know I've been there before where I had a team and my ego was totally satiated, mm -hmm. but I was like miserable. And I was yeah. like, I don't want a fucking team. I don't want to manage people. I just want mm -hmm. to work with people and like make more money myself and not manage like a team. Yeah. And so right. what did it look like? I mean, you say failure, but like what, what actually like logistically did it go from you trying to outsource to what, to what it is today? Like, what is it that shifted? How, how did that happen? Or what does it look yeah. like? No, great question. So what it looked like was um, I did, I, you know, I had a, a I'll call it the distinction between having a business and a company. Sure. To, to me, it's kind of like the distinction between being lean, you know, solo kind of operation, a really small, um, flexible, adaptable thing versus like having a big company with tons of employees and all this stuff. And I did have, you know, I had a team, I had employees, I had all these things. And um, I, you know, again, realized, uh, I thought it was a failure because I'd didn't enjoy those things, but I realized like, I, I like to lead. I don't like to manage people. Right. And, um, Same. So, yeah. So, so I'm also not good at it. Right. I just don't have patience. I don't have the, yeah, yeah it's just, just not my thing. Um, so, uh, what it looked like was again, the, the, uh, like the kind of the projects dried up, um, and, and then the main thing was I, I hired a manufacturer, a builder, who turned out to be uh, horrific human beings. I can't say the company name, although they're based in the Pacific Northwest. It's not Washington State. It's not Idaho. It's not California. It starts with an O. Um, <laughs> anyway, that almost cost my business. It was like very painful financially. Very it took so much time. I had to go visit the client on these sites. It's also a very high profile client that you absolutely don't want to fail with. Uh, so it was, it was, it almost broke me. I mean, it was just awful. Uh, and that almost cost me my business. Now the other, that also had a big win and that liberation tiny homes are my builder right now. Uh, they're amazing human beings, amazing at their craft. Just, I adore those guys so much. Um, but so that was the big win. This other company was supposed to be the big volume and that failed and liberation came through and, you know, just, I, I wouldn't be able to do what I do without those guys. So anyway, that this is all happening 2019. Uh -huh. So 2020 is going, going up and I'm like, I want to start producing content and maybe like add a media wing. Um, to it and I was going to partner with this friend who's an amazing filmmaker and videographer and uh we have these plans you know we had a couple of projects lined up and then you know it was the end of 2019 beginning of 2020 you know we're like about to start a company together and then 2020 you know COVID hits and uh I had a I had a couple projects going that kept me through 
Uh, I wish I could name uh, the actress who really like had adored this woman. I, I can't say her name, but uh, yeah, a couple projects that kept me through, but everything else knew. Good grief. It's a busy call afternoon. Uh, every other project fell through. So I realized that the media production thing wasn't going to happen. I also understand the limitations in the market, the actual demand, the actual market right. for tiny homes. And but honestly, like I always, I will always be trying something new. I'll always be pushing myself, challenging myself to, to try something new. And I've for a while wanted to get into full scale architectural and interior design. Well, again, a lot of things just fell into place. Uh, one of my great friends, uh, Taylor Mallon, who did a lot of my um, bringing my designs and ideas to life. He taught me a lot about design. So I finally got to a place where, and, and COVID was helpful for this lockdown. I was just like, there's no distractions. There's no meetings to have, you know, useless meetings to have. And I really kind of got to a level with, with design software where I could, um, I could do what I needed to do and not have to outsource it. And this is true for a, a couple of different things. Operationally, you know, moving from the company to this very lean thing. So again, I, I that that was a, a huge blessing. Uh, and it gave you time to sort of get rid of the distractions of the things that you didn't like doing, the, all the yeah. stuff that we are told a lot of times mm -hmm. right there with you that I have to have in order to fill in the blank, have a company. Yeah. And you got to not only get rid of the distractions, but then you got to hone in on the things that were actually costing you money or you were you know, disappointed with the return on what you were getting, yeah. you got to hone in on those, maybe say like three main things that really keep your company moving along, yeah. which is incredible. Totally. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, the timing, you know, was again, so much of what I've been able to accomplish is direct credit from people who believed in me and invested in me, you know, and then also, you know, just kind of being at the right place at the right time. Um, but so I decided to do that and I announced that I was offering those services um, sure. at this uh, for a full scale, for full scale home and business uh, architectural and interior design. So, um, so right as, you know, at the beginning of lockdown, it, it was scary and bleak, but I, I've, this is kind of a pivot. It's more of an expansion to, to go into that, but it is a pivot because I wanted to give myself, uh, it's from a business perspective, I wanted to give myself a bigger market and more opportunity for different types of clients instead of being constrained to just tiny homes. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't just a creative exercise. It was business strategy, right? And also yeah. get people who want to work with you but didn't want to necessarily be confined to working with you through a tiny home, a whole new way. Mm -hmm. You're actually also opening up possibilities for clients, which is something, exactly. you know? Yeah, that was as much, if not more so, especially the yeah. timing. Um, so there was that. And then um, because of COVID, and again, this is got very fortunate, uh, also right place, right time, um, demand just exploded because, you know, city, the reason people are in cities, all of a sudden, they none of those amenities or benefits are accessible to them. The, the culture, the food, the beverage, the, you know, the socializing. And people want to get the hell out. And so they want space and land. So a lot of people who already had this idea of, I want to be in nature, I want to be, you know, surrounded by beauty and, and have this little, you know, little house there. 
instead of saying, I'm doing that in two years, they're like, let's do this now. So demand just exploded. And I had, because of the failure, right, of what I thought I wanted in a business, um, I'd cut 75, 85% of my expenses. I was, it was very lean. I was, again, I was enjoying the actual work, the day-to-day that I was doing. And um, I wasn't having to manage people. I was I've just kind of started outsourcing or, or contracting bits and pieces here to 18 players. I don't have to manage you. I'm paying you good money. You do this. It comes yeah, back. It's life. excellent. The best life. Right. I'm right there with you. So, yeah. So that, I mean, so it really just, again, it was a lot of it, uh, again, was, was lucky being in the right place at the time, but a lot of it was just finally slogging, not quitting, not giving up for, you know, five years it just things fell into place, right? Things kind of started to sort themselves out and everything started to click. Um, well, so in interior design, I had two clients in San Diego in interior design during this time. And the reason they were my two clients is because they were some of the only industries that could pay, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, they were so busy. They didn't even know what to do with themselves. And so yeah. I, I I, I appreciate the humility of right place, right time, but also just factually, everyone was looking to their homes. God, I hate that ugly bush in my backyard. Like, totally, totally. Here? Or like why is this, totally. this color blue? I mean, right. whatever it may be from large to, you know, from small to large. So, you know, yeah, it's totally. really, and to your point that like a lot of times in entrepreneurship, we don't realize that the work we did five years ago and I'm just now at the point where I own my business for seven years is like coming back around to be like, here you go. Remember that thing that you learned and you kind of failed in Chicago, but like San Diego totally needs it and you can kill it or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. It's itself to you. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm you. It's useful. You know, yeah, like, all that totally. is useful. And when you get to see totally. that, it lifts your spirit and your soul so much. So it's incredible that all of those little stumbling blocks of what it should have been or what it needed to look like, ended up just like manifesting, but also just like evening out the playing field for you to just have a solid foundation that just feels flat. And like, it's not happy. It's not sad. It's not a failure. It's not an achievement. It's just good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I think, uh, no, I love that. And, and honestly, you deserve a round of applause for what you've done. And I, I, you know, I know it, you've had all the struggles possible and you've persevered and you've adapted and you've worked your ass off. And so, uh, and I mean, honestly, I think it's just a fact, like it's harder to do that as a woman, especially a single woman with a child. I can't imagine doing that. So you deserve a big round of applause, tip of the hat, mad respect. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it's, I, it I'll say this. Design. <laughs> What's that? It was the summer of design. I mean, it's just so cool to hear your story yeah. of, of this because I think there's time that's where it, it thrived yeah. beautifully. Well, thank you. Yeah. It, it, um, yeah, it, it did. It, it, you know, again, it, and then I got some interior design and, and architectural design projects. Um, and again, you know, amazing clients who I adore as humans, but also creatively, they're just like, go nuts. I mean, there's architects and tier designers that do their thing for 40 years and never have the creative license that, that I have, which is, is again, it's such a, such a blessing, such a gift. Um, I'll say this too. Let me, let me just say on the personal side of things is like, you know, 
I, I've learned this too, right? And, and this is more important than what's happening with the business uh, is if, if I let my happiness, my self-worth, my identity be tied to the performance of my business, which I've done my whole life to my performance and whatever I'm committed to doing, uh, it's a guaranteed, guaranteed recipe to unhappiness and suffering. And so I think what these, these failures and this roller coaster really taught me is, is like, you can improve your life situation, but you can't improve your life. And your life only exists in the present moment. And your future is only as good as, as your present moments are. And so I think that it really taught me to not be so attached to the outcomes, right? And, and to, of course, work my ass off and be committed and devoted and focused and all that. But like, that's going to, it's guaranteed to ebb and flow, you know, sometimes in extreme ways. Um, and so I, I think that's, that's what I would really encourage people who entrepreneurs who might be starting out is, is like, you are going to fail. Your, your business may fail. Um, and a lot of great successful entrepreneurs have had so many failures, like not just like, Oh, I failed along the way, but my business ultimately, you know, five, six, seven business attempts, different that's businesses so fail. So fascinating when people say that. And, you know, I think people probably told you and I that before we got started until you hit your first failure or your first yeah. big decision to change things. Yeah. You're like, it doesn't matter what people told me because it fucking sucks. Or like, I never had yeah. a pack in my whole life until I owned a business and had like bills to pay or a client now and I didn't know how to deal. And I literally, right. like, how can I breathe right now? What's happening? Am I fainting? So, yeah, I mean, uh, I totally agree with you. It's, it's the age, it's the way that you age through the process that I think only getting to the point where you're five, seven years into the process of those ups and downs that you can now say, yeah. <laughs> you know, now you can say, oh, it does ebb and flow. I have seen this yeah. twice, you know, but man, totally. it takes a while to get there, doesn't it? Oh my goodness. It takes a while. And I would say this too is, is like, you know, this is such a cliche, cliches are, are that way for a reason because they're true. But um, the, the only thing that really matters is like your integrity, right? I mean, really like how you care yourself and how you treat other people. And I think when, when things were going bad, when things go bad, <laughs> that's, your, that's your true colors come out. And the regrets I have, sure, I regret not focusing more on this or that. But the only thing that really matters is the big regrets I had is how I have treated people uh, at certain points in certain circumstances. And um, the good times will pass and the bad times will pass. Both those things are true of gravity. Um, but how you treat people is just so critical. And I, you know, um, and I've made amends with these people. I've owned it and, and apologized. But like, I just encourage you to, no matter what's happening, no matter how much the everything's chaos and you feel like you're you know the ship is sinking treat the people good even if they fuck up and they're responsible like you know treat people good so that's a that's been a very painful lesson i've had to learn and well i will say the other side of that to give yourself grace as a leader who doesn't treat people well because and you know i'll just say that i know that there were times that i you know i've i've lost one of the most significant relationships in my entire life due to not treating the person well in the work environment which is my brother yeah. very open thing i'm okay with i mean i'm not okay yeah. with it, but i'm okay with talking about it sure um, because nobody will ever know what it's like 
to be the person at the top who has to make all the decisions, who has to pay the entire payroll. And I'm not saying it's okay to treat people poorly, but I will give yourself grace. And I've had to give myself grace and forgiveness because otherwise I would have hated myself for how I treated my team. And but back to also having to have having to have gone through that to understand that I love to be a leader. Well, what people don't know is we have the same birthday. So everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, me too, everything. Everything you're saying is that I love to be a leader. I love to be creative. I hate to manage people and I'm bad at it. And I know that (laughs) to everything you said, but like, unfortunately people had to suffer at our leadership in order for us to learn that that's how it is. You know, I don't, it's, you know, I don't wish that upon them again, but I think the ugly parts of entrepreneurship are also what people are so thirsty and hungry to know is that mm-hmm. it wasn't just about the many failures, but also just the coming to Jesus moments within ourselves of like, you know, even for me, clients, yeah. I let down because I, I, my team didn't believe in me because I wasn't nice to them. So they kind of failed the client right. was a big fact, right. you know, totally. totally. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. I, and I think you you kind of alluded this to this with your brother, but like you're yeah, like you said, be gracious in yourself. But you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. You're going to fuck up. You're going to treat people poorly. I, what I've learned too is own it, right? Own when you when you mess up. Own your shortcomings and weaknesses, and and apologize, right? And come to those people sincerely and say, "Look, I am so sorry. I did this thing. I'm ashamed of it. I'm embarrassed of it. You deserve better. I'm going to do my best to be better." will you forgive me? Can I earn your trust back or whatever it is? And uh, I think, you know, people get that and understand that. And, and, you know, they, uh, yeah. I mean, I think people, most people are. It's a powerful thing. That's kind of an interesting part of humanity that takes odd forms. Cause I think like, even in my mind, in some ways, I think, you know, they're so mad or they've moved on that would an apology just be silly, but it's never silly. It never, it never, matters so people always want to be acknowledged Mm -hmm. um you know and i can think even in some of my personal relationships you know people that have ghosted and i'm like all i want is for you to just say you know i wasn't there for you or whatever you know and that's also mental health work that i do you know for myself because you know yeah it's never too late to say sorry to somebody that maybe you know in the past best self so yeah I think, I think if so many people have this uh, delusion, at least I do, is you see people who don't ever apologize, don't admit mistakes, don't, you know what I mean? They're just like doing their thing. It's like, oh man, those people are just really good at what they do or they're really strong. And it's like, no, they're actually chicken shit. If you can't own your mistakes and your faults and try to address problems as they come up, like you're kind of chicken shit. You're kind of a coward, you know, <laughs> like, so it's a challenge I still face in my professional part. Like it's, uh, of course, absolutely. It's kind of like it's a pride thing, but it's also like a, it's an emotional thing. Cause if you go down the route, you know, if you go down the, the path of apologizing, then you're giving part of your heart to that person. And sometimes in business, you just want to kind of stay hard. But to your point from before, if you're not so, happy, taking care of yourself then you're not able to really provide for the business and anyone else. I mean, it's, yeah, I totally feel everything you said about tying that, that success to your happiness and that identity. And that's what 2020 gave a lot of people. I mean, I must say, I like was so relieved. I was like, Oh my God, it's the first time in my life that I don't have to like live and die by the time and the dollar. And you know, 
truthfully something that got me off and was an addiction of mine for sure i mean nothing totally. gets me off more than like work period totally. Totally. Uh, yeah it's it, i mean it's nice it feels great to uh to to have you know i have i'm, I'm like a year out on tiny house stuff it's like i have work and revenue uh way longer than ever you know railing a runway than ever before um but I, I do know this too is like i wasn't ready i had to have those failures i had to have that hard time i had to have that those struggles to now be like okay cool like now i'm going to be strategic i'm not going to be like oh everything's great i'm awesome like yeah let's just live it up it's like no 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 this is a, a blessing and a gift and I'm going to be diligent and responsible and I'm going to be strategic with this. And I'm going to, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I wouldn't have been right. I would have wasted. Yeah. yeah the, it's like the, time, the time of the world shutting down allowed us to come out with like a fresh plant, you know, and we're not, you know, going to take that little plant for granted. And it's like, hmm. It's like you get a fresh start, but with all of the knowledge and like roots of what has happened to you in the past. And I think, mm -hmm. I think for anyone who has felt, you know, overwhelmed or regret or, you know, fill in the blank on like the human emotion of life and being in America, yeah. everything else, this time going into 2021, which may I say the first part of 2021 has been super dark for me. Um, but, but I still feel like I can feel, you know, truly mm -hmm. like happening and, and lights turning on and these weird sort of what feel like I'm high on drugs but it's just because it rained and now everything's green and I'm just seeing things again for with such new eyes um yeah. there's just so much beauty that came out of that that time that isolating time that now you know we can take our businesses and love on them and, and allow them to kind of live through us and that's such a big part of the series is talking to people where the business is the business, but it became so much more about the person, the experience through the business, the way that the business now functions because it's based on intention and heart and integrity. Yeah. Well said. You're, you, uh, remind me of this, uh, Hunter S Thompson quote. It's actually like a paragraph long, so I'm not, I'll just summarize it, but basically it's figure out what you want to do, figure out how you want to be, spend your time and figure out how to make your lifestyle, uh, make that work with the lifestyle you want, right? Instead of, um, instead of, you know, whatever, chasing this idea of success. And um, I know you've done that. I know I've done that. And again, it's, it's the, the failures that really created the lifestyle that I want. Right. And I, I love the work I do. I believe in my company. I believe in the work I do again, like I did at the very beginning. Right. And I, I, the failures created something I always wanted, a remote business. I could run my business anywhere. It created a business that, again, that I love, that I love actually doing the work and the people I work with. And um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I think, uh, of course, you got to be practical. You got to figure out all the practical things, but like we get one shot at this thing, one, like do the damn thing, do be courageous, take risks, like fail, like, you know, do these things. Uh, it's better than letting yourself just slowly die inside, you know? Yeah, I agree. It just sparked an idea for like a little picture book where it's just like the picture of the entrepreneur and like their biggest failure. And then the whole book could just be like, how good would that be? If it's just like people we know, but people we don't know, like dope architects that like some people yeah. need to know, but don't, you know, I can think of like an, an event that I threw for this amazing artist who lives in LA named Chadwick and not one person showed up. And I mean, not one. And it wasn't so oh. 
Chicago. And it was just like me yeah. standing in a room. And I was like, oh. but you know, I made sure. Is that, that Chadwick from Chicago, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What a character. That's awesome. If I had known it was happening, if I was here, I would have gone. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah, The Wind Method is such a great book to hand out to anybody who starts a business. I love that. Here, listen, it, it, it's been worse for others, okay? Hey, let's talk talk further about that idea after this off camera. I like this a lot. I think oh, it's great. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, love it. For your time. Is there anything that's coming up that you want people to tune into or where they tell them where they can follow you? I'll be tagging you and everything when I post this, but there's any- yeah. Um, I mean, you know, follow along, you know, at new frontier design, um, still doing tiny homes, but again, focusing on this, I'll give my, my boy, Matthew Royce, uh, M Royce architecture. He's the architect I'm working out or working here on a couple projects with amazing dudes, super talented. Um, it, yeah, just just so super thrilled for like a projects in LA right now. Uh, one is like three hours north of here. Um, we will have uh, some here, uh, but yeah, and then another one is in uh, Texas. But just being together, right in the same place, is yeah. so much easier to collaborate. Um, you know, I'm also learning so much from him. Uh, it's his technical command and knowledge is incredible. I mean, he's just very very unique and, and rare and talented human um so look out for that uh yeah at new frontier design and then my personal which again my life and my business are intertwined um at david latimer underscore so so yeah well thank you for showing us uh, more about who you are and telling us about the many pivots of life um and pivoting out of failure into something that you really love which is the most beautiful part about it well, cheers, Alex. It's a pleasure. I have so much respect for you, and I'm so happy for you. And uh, this has been a joy. So thanks for having me on. It was perfect. All right, everybody, tune in, and we'll talk to you soon.